We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast. Well, it's it's here everyone. Tomorrow, training camp. The Packers will all be there. Training camp starts tomorrow. You survived the offseason. You have survived the offseason. We are officially, well, tomorrow, officially back to football and it's very exciting and here at the Pack of Day podcast, we are so very excited for season number two to begin. And uh, joining me today, my name is Nick Schmitz. I'll be your host for the day. Joining me again, Maggie and Paul. And guys, uh, we're very excited to be starting training camp. Um, I know uh, I wanted to put this out here for you guys before we really kind of get into the meat of the podcast today. Uh, you guys, are you guys both going to be in town for training camp i will be the start i'll be uh i'm in the green bay area so i'll be there thursday and friday for sure and then i'll probably sprinkle in a couple others throughout the upcoming weeks awesome and maggie you gonna be in town at all for any of training camp i'm gonna try to pop up for some of it but i'm like two and a half hours away um my goal is to be there for sure on the last day uh so look for me then i'll be wearing a pack a day podcast shirt so i'll be easy to spot there you go. And, uh, well, I live in the area, but uh, unfortunately, 
uh, with a, a wedding and moving and everything going on in my life, I probably won't make too much of training camp. So, Just but, unfortunately, with a wedding, it's <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm not as cool as Maggie, though. Uh, my fiance would not allow me to get married at Lambeau, even though she is a Packer fan. So, uh, no, no Lambeau wedding for me, unlike Maggie. But uh, nonetheless, so we are very excited. Training camp is here guys you made it through the long off season like i said and it's going to be what we hope is a great year for packers football so before we get into our topic for the day most of you probably already know this since you're plugged in on twitter and everything but i wanted to get your guys's take real quick here on this the packers signing dean lowry to a contract extension three years 20.325 million comes out to a Nah, about six and a half ish. That's rough math. That's not like exact math. It's rough ish math uh, a year. So he's locked up for three more years. Maggie, Paul, quick thoughts. Maggie, I'll start with you. I think it was a sneaky good signing. Um, he's really reliable on the line, and he might not be as flashy as a Kenny Clark, but he's stable. He's solid. And you kind of have to wonder now if that spells the end of the Daniels era in Green Bay, but we don't have to get into that right now. Yeah, that'll be, I'm sure, a good topic for another day. But, Paul, three years, $20 good, bad, indifferent? Um, I absolutely love it. I think that's going to, you know, a year from now, two years from now, when we see other defensive linemen, um, you know, that fall into Lowry's category, getting deals, I think he's going to look like a steal. He's always been a proven run stopper, three sacks, 29 pressures. He's developed his pass rushing ability, so I love the move. And heading into next year, the Packers only had Kingsley Kiki, Kenny Clark, and Montrevious Adams prior to this um, under contract on the defensive line. So it was needed as well. All right. Well, so Dean Lowry going to be on the team for, well, supposedly for the next three years. So that's <laughs> that's very exciting. That's some good news coming into training camp. And so this is our last podcast before training camp starts. Starting tomorrow, you will get training camp coverage. So, But today, we are here. We're going to be breaking down the running back position for the Packers for 2019. And there's some obvious stuff that we'll be going over and then maybe some not-so-obvious stuff. But, guys, I want to start with um, – I want to start with – actually my favorite player on the entire team if we exclude Aaron Rodgers because I feel like he has to be excluded from like every conversation because it's just like that duh factor um but Aaron Jones he's my favorite player on the team and uh you can ask my fiance about it she actually pretty much hates it because uh last year well, two years ago when he really kind of emerged uh I was really big on Aaron Jones and then last year it it bothered me so much that it seemed like it took forever for them to like truly get him utilized on the team as much as I thought he should have been utilized. And it's actually a really good story. Every time he would make a big play, every time I would say something to the effect of like, it's like he's the best back on the team. And my fiance got really tired of that really quickly. So for Christmas as like an actual kind of gag gift, she gave me an Aaron Jones jersey. So I now am the proud owner of an Aaron Jones jersey, which I will probably be wearing a lot this season. But let's start there with Aaron Jones 
first of all, do do you guys feel like he was underutilized last year? I mean, obviously, as the season went on, he became the kind of the feature back. Uh, and, you know, up until the injury there in week 16 against the Bears. But it still felt like even though he was clearly the more talented back between him and uh, Jamal Williams, and nothing against Jamal Williams, but it just seems like he was more electrifying, more game-breaking. And even in certain games, like I remember the Falcons game, near the end of the year, he didn't get his first carry in that game until the second quarter. So are there reasons why it seemed like he didn't get as many touches? And I guess, also correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it's just a perceived thing. Maybe he was utilized more in games. But, Paul, I'll start with you. Where is Aaron Jones as far as did you feel he was underutilized and how do you feel he'll fit in with this Matt LaFleur offense? Um, you are correct. He was underutilized. Uh, he had averaged just over 11 carries per game last year. I think that at the minimum, he should have been averaging at least 15. And then we can also look at him in the passing game. Um, I think he can be a real weapon there, especially in Matt LaFleur's offense. I've often compared him and, you know, Alvin Kamara is more proven back out of the backfield as a pass catcher, but their measurables and height are similar weight. Um, what they did at the combine is very similar. And so I'm excited to see Aaron Jones more as a pass catcher out of the backfield, um, playing in the slot a little bit, maybe even out wide. We saw Matt LaFleur do that quite a bit with Deion Lewis last year. Um, But no, you're right. Aaron Jones was really, really underutilized last year. And and Maggie, you know, I know you're a big Jamal Williams fan. Um, So I guess one one thing that I I guess I kind of want to know your guys' thoughts on is when we talk about – Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, they're kind of, at least coming into the season, they're the two kind of main guys, and we'll see how things round out with training camp. But do you see the Packers still kind of doing running back by committee between Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, or do you expect to see one of them kind of emerge as more of a a primary back than the other one? I mean, I think that Aaron Jones is your starter, Uh, But I think that Jamal Williams will definitely get his touches, especially in the passing game. Um, One of the things that I look at uh, with what Matt LaFleur is bringing to this offense is just the success he's had getting his backs utilized in the passing game. So with the Falcons, um, that offensive unit, um, the running backs and their fullback, they had six touchdowns in 2016 when he was there for almost 1,000 yards through the air. Um, in 2017 with the Rams, he was part of Todd Gurley's breakout season where he had 13 rushing touchdowns for over 1,300 yards and then 788 yards through the air with six touchdowns. Uh, and then with the Titans, he developed Deion Lewis, who had almost as many receiving yards as he did passing y- or as he did rushing yards. So I think that that's going to be a huge emphasis for Aaron Jones. Uh, he had almost a thousand yards from scrimmage in 2018, uh, like 934 yards. So with eight touchdowns, and I think that those numbers are going to go way up in 2019. And so Maggie, talk a little bit too about Aaron Jones. He's only 5'9". He's 208 pounds. Doesn't, he's not, he's not a big back. Is is he somebody, given his size and his weight, is he somebody that can 
take a full load of 16 games, or are we going to see maybe a little bit of load management with him throughout the year? I think that uh, Mike McCarthy kind of had the right idea as far as managing Aaron Jones' load. He just did it to such an extreme low um, that maybe he wasn't giving uh, Jones enough consideration that he could do more. And he does have the injury history. I mean, he only got to start in eight games last season because of that, um, although he did play in 12. So that is something to consider. But you do have to give him the bulk of the touches given you know his proven talent and his yards per carry, um, just, you know, everything that he brings to the offense as one of the best weapons, you can't keep him off the field for too long. And I think that um, just under Lafleur's offense and how he likes to utilize the running back, I think that Jones, he's going to be utilized more, but it's not going to be a conscious, you know, maybe we're using him too much. Let's pull the reins back. I think Lafleur is going to use a lot of Jamal Williams, um, I think Dexter Williams is going to be a good fit for that zone running scheme. So I think he's going to get plenty of attempts. So I think just the way he runs the offense, that it's going to kind of even out versus being, you know, more heavy on Aaron Jones. But my expectations are that he, you know, should be able to go a full 16 game schedule. All right. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can just stay healthy all across the board, but specifically Aaron Jones. I know he's one of my, one of the reasons why he's my favorite player on the team is because, you know, when you have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers in back-to-back careers, it's almost like 30 years worth of great quarterbacks, and it's nice to actually see a running game that actually works effectively and not have Aaron Rodgers uh, have to carry the team, which is something that I'm hoping that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and even the rest of the backs can bring to the team this year. Uh, But so health is a concern, and then – so. Let's move on now here to the other two quote-unquote running backs on the team. Uh, Dexter Williams, he is a rookie from Notre Dame. He was drafted uh, in the sixth round, I believe, this past year. And so where do you guys see him on the team, and what kind of impact do you see him having in his rookie year? I mean, is he somebody that is going to – see a lot of playing time and I know we're projecting something here you know for a rookie who hasn't even started training camp but I mean you know Maggie do you see him being able to have an impact on this team and and if so where is that is that specifically just going to be in the run game can he do anything in the return game what else can he offer I guess besides specifically talking as a late round rookie pick is there anything that he offers besides that running back position or are we going to see him mostly just do that when he kind of gets to that point where he can start contributing I mean he didn't have a ton of snaps as a pass catching back with Notre Dame Um, He had a little over 1,600 yards rushing with 20 touchdowns in his tenure there um, with a 6.3 yard per carry average. So his numbers are intriguing enough that I like him as a running back. I think he's a good option, especially in the offense that Matt LaFleur is trying to run. Uh, But given how many snaps will be initially going to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, um, I do think that Dexter Williams will probably be able to carve out some type of role on special teams. Um, But that said, he in his limited time, maybe uh, as he gets integrated into Matt LaFleur's offense, he should play well considering that he's kind of the back that Matt LaFleur desires for the offense that he likes to run. And and Paul, I mean, what do you see Dexter Williams contributing this year with this Packers offense? 
Um, I think a couple of years from now we could look back at Dexter Williams being, you know, a pretty big steal out of this draft because from a talent standpoint, he's received a third, fourth round grade. Reason he dropped is because he had those off the field issues at Notre Dame. But last year he was able to play in nine games and he had almost a thousand yards rushing just in those nine games last year with 12 touchdowns. Um, he's touted for having very good vision, being able to read blocks, which is a big part of that zone running scheme. So I think through training camp and preseason, um, Lafleur and the rest of the staff's going to see his ability. And I, and I expect him to get, you know, progressing through the season, a decent amount of snaps there. I'm not going to predict obviously more than Jones or um, Jamal Williams, but I expect him to be a part of the offense. And so let's talk about the fourth running back on the roster here, Carson. He's 5'11", 228, kind of a bigger back. He's in his third year out of Texas A&M. Are they going to – well, I guess, first of all, do you think they will keep four running backs? It almost seems like right now at the running back position that Jones and Jamal Williams are kind of almost guaranteed to make the roster. And then you'd think they spent a draft pick on Dexter Williams. He'll probably make the roster as a, as a third running back. Do they keep four, and how does that affect Carson's, I guess, status on the team? You know, is it, or Do they keep four running backs? Or, you know, it seems unlikely that a team would keep four, but is there the possibility of that, Paul? Or, or what, what do you see as far as – his spot on the team moving into training camp? Um, I don't think that they're going to go into camp saying, all right, here's our roster. We're going to have four running backs, a fullback, two quarterbacks, you know, maybe quarterbacks, but you get my point. But if he shows an ability and can be in a, you know, play a role in this offense as a, um, a special teamer, a pass catcher out of the backfield, I think they would be open to keeping him. Um, with the Titans last year, they ran the ball more then they threw the ball. Now, I'm not expecting that same ratio with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but we're going to see a lot more running backs in this offense. And when you run the ball more or use running backs, you need more on the roster. Um, so I don't see them keeping seven receivers like they did last year. It could be six or even five. Personally, I think they're not keeping three quarterbacks, keeping two. So there's going to be extra roster spots open. So if he goes out there and earns it, and they think he can play a role um, on this offense, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep four running backs versus three. And Maggie, how, how do you see his position unfolding? You know, I, I, again, and I know this is something we talk, we've talked about several times on the podcast that Paul kind of mentioned, you know, you don't necessarily go in with slated numbers for each position. There's kind of a, a working uh, theory of, you know, how many you like to keep at each position, but – does you know I guess with what we kind of know about the three other running backs is there something that he kind of needs to have happen or needs to prove in training camp in the preseason to make a roster spot or is it really all about just what they need come week one I mean I think that he's in a really tricky spot because he came to Green Bay Later on, he was activated off the practice squad in October of last season, placed on injured reserve in December. So he didn't really have a lot of time to prove what he can do. And he actually doesn't have any stats outside of special teams. So he hasn't been able to even contribute carries or receptions or do anything to demonstrate his abilities uh, for Green Bay, considering he wasn't with them during training camp. So 
you know, in college, his senior year at Texas A&M, he played pretty well. He played in 13 games, had over a thousand yards uh, rushing 4.8 yards per carry with seven touchdowns. Um, So those aren't bad numbers, but I think he just, he needs to prove that he can do something different than what the Packers already have, because, you know, a lot of people describe uh, Jamal and Aaron as thunder and lightning. So he has to be a dynamic player for that offense. And with Dexter Williams having the draft stock, it's kind of an uphill climb for him. I think that if the Packers do keep four uh, backs, one of them will likely be a fullback for the blocking ability. Uh, But again, like Paul said, it's really too early to try and start assigning numbers to positions. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned, Maggie, uh, the fullback position if they were to keep four. So on the roster right now, there's technically just – the one fullback as the Packers website has it listed and that's Danny Vital and we all know uh the some of the um Twitter photos of him just being massive and looking like just a huge bulked up dude. Um but on the roster they have uh Malcolm Johnson listed as a running back, but you guys both kind of view him as a fullback competing for that fullback position. So First of all, I mean, I guess, what do we know about these two other than they play a position that is kind of dying in the NFL and yet for some somehow it seems like Green Bay always has like that folk hero fullback. Just, I mean, just going back with John Kuhn and others, you know, do you see, you know, is... Where does I guess first of all let's start let's start with this. Given where the NFL is, where does the fullback position stand in the NFL, and is it something that is worth giving of a roster spot, Maggie? You know, is it something worth having on the team, considering where the NFL is moving and seeing as how most teams don't what they may have a player that kind of fills that role, but it's not listed as a fullback. Is, is it worth having on your roster? I think fullback just can mean a number of different things. H-back, larger running back, tight end, special teamer. Like it doesn't have to mean, it doesn't have to serve one purpose as like a short yardage back or a blocking back. Um, So I definitely think there's value there, whether the player is classified as a fullback or not. Um, But the thing that is so intriguing to me about Malcolm Johnson is that at college in, in Mississippi State, he played tight end after his first season. So for the last three seasons he was in college, he was a tight end. So he doesn't have any rushing stats. He has receiving stats for his career. And now he's coming to Green Bay in a fullback role with emphasis on a pass catching off or backs in the offense. So, you know, Danny's the same way. He doesn't have a single rushing stat in the NFL to his name, but he was phenomenal at Northwestern um, as a pass catching back. So the dynamic that both of these fullbacks bring to the roster is really intriguing. And that's kind of why I see the Packers going with at least one fullback on the roster, whether or not they keep three or four tight ends also remains to be seen. And, and Paul, when we talk about these two guys, now this is, this is where I'm probably going to sound crazy with the question here. Is there any chance that both of them make the roster? Um, I'm going to, I don't think that both will. Um, I would, I would bet a lot of money though, that one of them is going to, 
Um, we know that Lafleur's offense, based from you know Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers, he said that they'll always have a fullback in their offense. Um, Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback, has caught 156 passes over the last five seasons, and Lafleur in Tennessee and when he was in the rant with in with the Rams as offensive coordinator. Didn't have a fullback on the roster, but he would oftentimes use a tight end back there playing that fullback role. So if we look at the Packers roster, if they weren't going to keep a fullback, who would do that? Well, we know Jimmy Graham, you know, so-so blocker. Robert Tanyan's a converted receiver from college, so he's still working on blocking. Um, Sternberger didn't play in line a ton at Texas A&M. So that leaves Mercedes Lewis. Last year, he had very limited opportunities, another player that was underused, but his pass blocking and run blocking grades by Pro Football Focus, um, they were some of the worst of his career. And he's, you know, he's on the back nine of his career, so athletically, can he do what Lafleur would want him to out of that position? I'm a little skeptical. It could be. But so I'm expecting a fullback to be a part of this roster, and it's not the, you know, when we think of fullbacks, the William Henderson, you know, it's fourth and one, hand on the ball, he goes up the middle, you know, expected to be very good at pass blocking, catching passes out of the backfield, you know, maybe occasionally taking a running play. All right. Well, well, that concludes most of the – well, not, not most. It include, that concludes all of the backs on the team here. So just give me a quick kind of summary, if you guys would, about, um, you know, is this team coming this year – you know, Aaron's getting older – and he's had he's coming off injuries. Do you see this? Do you guys see this team not necessarily being more run than pass? But do you see this team this year, given the talent that they have at the running back position, and given all the other factors with the offense, do you see Matt Lafleur running the ball almost as much as throwing it? What where do you kind of see the run game in general going? Uh, this year, Paul, as far as this team is concerned offensively? Um, it's definitely going to play a bigger role. It's part of what Matt LaFleur does, you know, and the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan offense, running backs, fullbacks, they're a big part of it, not just in the running game, but in the passing game as well. Um, so, like I said before, we're not going to see a 50-50 split like in Tennessee. Packers still have Aaron Rodgers, um, but it's going to be more than it was under Mike McCarthy. You know, maybe it's a 60-40 split pass to run. And, and Maggie, I mean, I'm assuming you probably are in the same boat here. And so the, I guess the, the, the question too then becomes with these running backs is, do you expect to see more scores going to the running backs through short passing game? Or do you expect to see, you know, the, the, the touchdown numbers as far as the running backs come through the actual running game itself? I mean, I think the running game is going to be dramatically improved. Uh, if you look at the Packers, as their backs as a whole, I might have mentioned this earlier, you know, they had one receiving touchdown as a unit in 2018. Uh, so I think for sure that number goes up uh, probably at least a five. Maybe that's generous. Um, so the backs will play a significant role in the passing game, but I still think that the primary emphasis will be on that uh, zone running scheme that Matt LaFleur likes to run. I'm also looking forward to just more of like a smoother usage of the backs. You guys remember last year, it'd be like Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. They both did it. Let's say Aaron Jones, the drive before, you know, he has four carries for 35 yards. And then the next drive, Jamal Williams gets three straight runs. 
yep. and nobody could figure out why or vice versa. Uh, Paul, <laughs> I, I hope you are correct with that because nothing drove me more insane than watching it just be like, oh, it's no it, it's 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 Aaron Jones's drive, and now it's Jamal Williams' drive, and now it's Ty Montgomery's like drive, and it's yeah. and it's just you know, you know, just you know, mix it up. I, I don't I don't need a, a predetermined uh, drive for each running back. So yes, hopefully I, I agree with you there. I'm hoping to see more of that, um, and definitely hoping to see a lot of Aaron Jones this coming year. I think he's a special talent, and um, really excited to have. A coach that, you know, I guess this is the other thing is Mike McCarthy was notorious for saying we want to run the ball more, and then it never seemed like he did it. So I hope Matt LaFleur is not the same way with that. So, um, well, guys, so we are we're just wrapping up here. I know uh, before before we wrap up, though, uh, Maggie, I, I want uh, to, you to give. As much of a preview as you would like, I know you interviewed Justin McRae today. Um, so that's coming out on Friday, yes? Yes, that will be out uh, for Cheesehead TV early Friday morning. So I have a lot, to wor- a lot of work to do before then. Um, but if you're heading to training camp, uh, my little teaser will be that I asked him for two players to watch, one offense, one defense, and his players to watch are Geronimo Allison and Reggie Gilbert. And he mentioned that they are two of the hardest working players that you will ever see. Uh, so their effort off the field is what helps contribute to their success on the field. So keep those two names in mind. And if you are so inclined, check out my interview with him on Friday. And that's for Cheesehead TV, correct? Yes, sir. All right, great. And so, well, with that, so Maggie, we kind of mentioned Cheesehead TV. (laughs) So people wanting to follow your work and what you do, how can they do that? I am on Twitter at Maggie Lawler, or you can also search for me uh, as Maggie Loney. I should pop up either way. And then, of course, I write for Cheesehead TV two times a week. All right. And, Paul, how can people follow you, get in touch with your work? You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel, B-R-E-T-L. And I write for Dairyland Express, covering Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, as well as PackersTalk.com. All right. Awesome. And, guys, I, I, I know I don't have to even ask, but, I mean, we're obviously so excited for training camp to be here, and football is so close to being back. I think I saw today, I think as of today, we're 43 days away from the start of the NFL season. 43 days, just over a month. Get so it, it's it's very exciting, and like I said, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, you will get Packers training camp coverage all throughout the preseason and leading into the regular season. We're so very excited for the season to start. So, Paul, Maggie, thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Nick Schmitz. I've been your host for today. We are so thankful for all the support that you guys have given us over this last year. We're so excited to start season number two with the Pack-A-Day podcast going into the 2019 season. Make sure you're following the Pack-A-Day podcast on Twitter at Pack-A-Day podcast, and make sure you are liking, subscribing, and following the Pack-A-Day podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and as always, Go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.